Here's a question. Um, has your family ever forgotten your birthday? Like your parents and your sister collectively as a whole? I forgot Pacey's birthday. I'm his best friend and I forgot his 16th birthday. Sorry, I forgot your birthday. Oh my God, I can't believe I forgot your birthday. It's your birthday? You forgot her birthday. It was yesterday. I forgot your birthday. We forgot your birthday. Is it because it's my birthday? It's your birthday? <laughs> That's why I made it. Because it's your birthday. My birthday was yesterday, and everybody forgot. I can't believe this. They fucking forgot my birthday. You guys, we recorded this episode, what was it, two weeks ago? Mm -hmm. And we never said anything about our birthday. It's a very <laughs> long story, but here we are. We've been racking our brains. We wanted to do something special and fun. We have no ideas. <laughs> But Alexa did put a question box up on our Instagram asking you guys to send in your favorite moments or what did you say here? Favorite moments, random thoughts and musings. So I thought it could be fun to read a few of them. Oh, and I wanted to apologize to Jessica. Okay. Last year during our birthday episode, she asked for us to talk about the second season of Ginny and Georgia. And I promised her that when it came out, we were going to do a cold open on it. And we never did it. It's not your fault because you didn't even watch it. It's my fault. <laughs> but uh, I just never finished it. There's, I think I got all the way through the second season and never watched the final episode. So I did enjoy it. It was wild and out of control. Like really? Cranked up 20 levels. Yeah. It became almost a totally different show in the second season, but it was fun. It was stupid, but fun. But anyway, so I just wanted to apologize to Jessica for not doing that. One follow-up question to that and then we'll move on. But was the not watching the final episode out of disinterest, being over it, not getting not distracted and not going back? Okay. Was curious if it was for a specific reason. If they do a third season, I will definitely watch it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Taylor says she loves the disbelief and delight when one of us realize the other hasn't seen something. Yes. Our friend Carrie says, I'm just here to say I'm so glad you exist and that you decided to start the pod. It's a gem. It's a gem. Is she you? Oh, my gosh. Sydney says, I love the Stranger Things episodes. You took the words right out of my mouth. I literally screamed. That's what I think while listening. Truly the impetus for the whole podcast. Okay. I think this person goes by Benno. I hope I'm saying that right. She's from Copenhagen. She suggested that we do an episode on favorite foreign country slash foreign language movies oh in parentheses not british okay i agree with her we should do yeah, that that we would should. be really fun actually that would you know what's wild that i wasn't even expecting mm. the first thing that popped into my head was drive my car it's like the longer the more and we appreciated it when we watched it but the uh -huh. more distance i get from it i feel almost nostalgic or something it's so funny that you say that because i was thinking about the movie not that long ago and all of the best picture nominees that we've had to watch over the past couple of years if i had to think about scenes or plots or anything like that it might take me a second or so to think of characters or key things not for Drive My Car. I remember nearly every second of that entire movie. It really stuck with me in a very intense way. It was not that pleasant of a viewing experience while watching it, but afterwards, it is really, really aged well. All right, and let me read one more. Okay, here, Bailey said, 
One of her favorite moments is probably her fangirling and making her whole family listen to the Hocus Pocus 2 episode. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that, actually. You guys are so cute. We love you all. We talk about you guys so much when you message us. I I hope you know. (laughs) One of us will text you other and be like there's a message from so and so (laughs) (laughs) or not a message a dm what am i 100 (laughs) wasn't that thoughtful i wish everyone remembered special days like that but alas that's not what this world is anymore so i thought since we did soundtracks part two for our birthday last year that it would be fun to do part three for our third birthday this year And I mentioned it to you a little while back, and I think you sort of said like, oh, I don't know if I could do a third one. And it turns out not only can you, but you have enough maybe for a fourth. Yes, I think actually I was having trouble weeding it down to make this one. Like I was <laughs> selecting my six instead of having to really strive to get to. So maybe we'll make it a tradition that we do a music relate movie music episode on our birthday. Yeah. Looks that way. You guys like it because. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you want me to kick it off? Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be a soundtrack episode if I didn't have a kids movie on my list. So of course I have another one, and it's Cars. very very good there's a couple of good songs there's not a ton of music on the soundtrack a lot of it is really score a couple of randy newman songs but the the really it's defined by the greatest cover probably ever life is a highway by rascal flats People have now probably forgotten who even made the original of that song because their cover of Life as a Highway is so good. Put it on a Get Psyched mix, put it on a a party playlist, put it on a road trip playlist. I guarantee you it is a crowd pleaser of a song. I don't think I've ever heard that version. Oh my God, you're going to lose it when I put it in the episode. Well, I'm very excited for you to hear this version because it is a banger and it defines the soundtrack and the movie
But there's also another great song on it written by Randy Newman, but sang by James Taylor. It's called Our Town and it's beautiful. Time goes by, time brings changes, you change too. Nothing comes that you can't handle, so on you go. You never see it coming when the world caves in on you, on your town. Nostalgic sounding, and it has beautifully written lyrics and it it used to make me cry this movie came out in 2006 and i was like in middle school and i remember when the movie came out and i listened to the soundtrack that i used to listen to the song and i would and cry i don't know why it moved me so much but it was <laughs> it was it was it's a really really beautiful song main street isn't main street anymore They did before. It's hard to find a reason left to stay. But it's our town. Love it anyway. Oh, John Mayer does a cover of Route 66 which is really hard to find for some reason. So I apologize in advance for whatever crappy version ends up in the podcast because I don't know that a great version exists out there, unfortunately. And there's also a really good Cheryl Crow song on there that she wrote for the movie called Real Gone, I think it's called. Those kids movies, man. I don't know how they get such talent for the soundtracks, but it's another banger. Um, My next one is another one that has, again, not a ton of music on the soundtrack, but is defined by two epic epic songs the last song When I play the beginning of When I Look at You, there's not a chance you haven't heard it a million times, even if you can't hear what it sounds like right now. It played. I remember when the movie came out, it was in 
on in commercials on TV all the time for the movie. And they pushed the hell out of the song on Disney Channel and all the Disney shows because it wasn't a Disney movie by any means. It was a Nicholas Sparks movie, but it was because it had Miley. They really always attached themselves to it and would push like there was one of those music videos that had like clips from the movie with the song. She was like walking on the beach with during it and everything. And it's such a good song. Um, there's also a couple of supplemental uh, and Iron and Wine song each coming night. Um, she will be loved is in it, uh, in a pivotal scene where, uh, she's driving in the car with, um, I almost said Liam Neeson is what I was about to say. (laughs) 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 Liam Hemsworth and she sings, it's like, she sings along to, she will be loved. And it's like the moment where he realizes that she can sing. And it's like, Ooh, (laughs) she has such a good voice. Even though in that scene, she doesn't even sound that good. I'm like, it's one of those moments where like in gossip girl and Hillary Duff does that horrible, uh, lady Gaga thing. And they're like, why didn't you do another take? Because she doesn't even sound that good. I I will never understand that. Hillary Duff has a great voice. A wonderful voice. I don't know why they would do her so dirty like that. But I always think that when Miley sings, she will be loved because she sounds so cringy and bad that I wonder why they wouldn't do another take. Not to take us off topic, but we recently did The Bodyguard, and we talked a lot about I Will Always Love You and how it's originally a Dolly song. Mm -hmm. And I do just have to say that while Dolly's version of Jolene is, of course, iconic, Miley's version is so fucking Oh, my God. (laughs) I, I think it deserves to be up there with Whitney's I Will Always Love You. That is a a great call. She has such a good voice. Really? And I and I know she is appreciated for it. Like everybody does know, but I still don't think she gets enough appreciation. Yeah. Especially because it's so unique and but is able to like how many different styles she's able to pull off with the voice yeah. because it's not like she's pigeonholed herself into one. She didn't stay in pop music. She does like pop and rock and country. And she did that one folk album where she was singing those like beachy songs. and Which I loved, by the way. Yes. Uh, all And she pulls it all off. The <laughs> amount of times I've been driving around sobbing to Malibu. Like, I you don't love know. Malibu. <laughs> <laughs> Is Malibu even a sobbable song or is that just a me thing? There's something so uh, bittersweet or... It's not not a sobbable song, but it's not sad in its content. It's sad in its like feeling. I I understand. I understand the feeling. (laughs) I don't think it's totally a you thing. I understand the feeling. Okay. (laughs) Guys, send us a DM. Let us know if you cry to Malibu. (laughs) Send us videos of you crying to Malibu. My favorite Miley album is Bangers, one of the most underrated albums of all time, I think, when she was doing that like hip hop techno-y kind of she was it was an underappreciated album. And now people say it's really good, but when it came out, people panned it completely. 
Alana and I were very, very into it and everybody hated it. That was Wrecking Ball and Adore You. Those were really the only, and of course, We Can't Stop. But the rest of the album, nobody listened to, except for me and her. We were the only two listening to it. And <laughs> and we yeah, loved it just, every... It was just you guys. It was just us. Miley, better than loved you. Loved it. I still... You have to watch the rest of the last song. I'm worried one day it's going to get spoiled for you, and I don't want it to. You have to finish like, it. Talk to my mom about it. We're supposed to finish it together. And every time I ask her, she's like, no. Oh, my God. Well, because she she's knows... the one who forced me to start it. But has she... She's badgered me for years. Has she seen it? Yes. So you have to finish it without her. You want to know why she's not in the mood to watch it? Because she knows what hell awaits her. Okay? You, oh have, to, you have to watch it without her. She's not in the mood to go through the emotional journey that is the last song, and that's why she I, never wants I to watch can it. I've read enough Nicholas Sparks books that I can tell you how it ends. Okay? <laughs> you just, you have to watch it so you can get the full impact of the two songs that she sings. Okay? Okay. My next one is a movie I'm sure almost no one saw. It's called If I Stay. I don't want you to feel the same as me. I never wanted to go, but now I'm letting you know. I just wanted to feel. It was one of those teen books that was turned into a movie for the 10 people that liked it, because I can't imagine <laughs> that, that there was a, a clamoring for it. Alana read it and wanted to and took me to see the movie even though I hadn't read the book and it's a soundtrack that's full of music that was written specifically for the movie for a band that is central to the plot that doesn't exist so it's all music by it's the band is called Willamette Stone I wish the band was real. They do a couple of covers, but not that much. And they do do a cover of Today by Smashing Pumpkins that's very good. And that scene is really good because they're all like outside um, playing their instruments acoustically and they're around a fire. And it's just such a cozy scene because the movie is incredibly devastating. It's about 
this girl who's in a car accident with her parents and they die and she has to decide it's about like it's like in the afterlife and she has to decide whether or not she's going to stay on earth or leave it's a horrible horrible concept for a, a, a movie very sad but she's like going back in her memories and deciding whether or not she's ready to let it go or not and one of the memories she relives is this night when they were all in her backyard like singing today by smashing pumpkins There's also a really good cover of Halo by Beyonce. other part of the soundtrack like to contrast all that alt rock music is she plays the cello so the rest of the soundtrack is filled with all these like beautiful like concert cello movements I'm just waiting for you to pick one that I can't believe neither of us have all this time. And I, it ha like, it's on my list, but it has to be on yours. <laughs> maybe it's what I, maybe it's another Forrest Gump that I never thought of. <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe not. My next one is what I'm a modern classic that I'm sure 15 years from now, everybody will be talking about as one of the best soundtracks, Barbie. When I wake up in my own pink world, I get a better
Barbie has one of the best soundtracks I've seen in 20 years. uh, The music was so perfectly selected. It's actually crazy. The music that was written for it is so good. Lizzo's song Pink is so perfect. The lyrics are narrating what's happening. And it's one of the opening scenes. I know you haven't seen it, but it's one of the opening scenes of the movie. It's actually narrating what's happening. Like to a T is talking about Barbie, like waking up and coming down the stairs. And that's actually what's happening on the screen as Lizzo's singing about it. Dua Lipa's song. I know it's been TikTok to death, but I still can't. But I, the Dua Lipa one, I still can't get enough of. I think it's, it's great. The, it's the catchiest best song in the world the the billy eilish one i can't listen to the part that's on tiktok anymore because it's so grating yeah but i will say that it's a shame that that's the case because in the context of the movie it's absolutely perfect and beautiful and the fact that she wrote it for the movie is 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 gorgeous and it it was absolutely so fitting so it's a shame that it's been completely ruined by being overplayed in such a short part Closer to Fine by the Indigo Girls is featured heavily in it. And it's hysterical. Margot Robbie sings along to it in the car at one point. It's so funny. There's a cover of Push by Matchbox 20 that is one of the funniest parts of the whole movie. Of course, the song they wrote for Ken, I'm Just Ken, is one of the funniest songs I've ever heard. I saw a video like a week after Barbie came out of Rob Thomas performing Push for a crowd and was like, this is dedicated to Ryan Gosling. It was so funny. Like, it's not a song. I don't think he even really plays it that much anymore because of because it's so like it's such a dated song. So he like brought it back into the repertoire and sang it and said that it was dedicated to Ryan Gosling. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Next up, we've talked about this a bunch. American Psycho.
an absolutely iconic soundtrack. And one of the things I love most about it is how he talks about the soundtrack when he's talking about Huey Lewis and the news with Paul Allen right before he kills him and specifically hip to be square and going through like the history of them as a band and the going through all their albums and talking about this song specifically. You like Huey Lewis and the news? They're okay. Their early work was a little too new wave for my taste. But when sports came out in 83, I think they really came into their own. Commercially and artistically. The whole album has a clear, crisp sound and a new sheen of consummate professionalism that really gives the songs a big boost. He's been compared to Elvis Costello, but I think Huey has a far more bitter, cynical sense of humor. In 87, Huey released this. Four, their most accomplished album. I think their undisputed masterpiece is Hip to Be Square. Song so catchy, most people probably don't listen to the lyrics, but they should because it's not just about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of trends, it's also a personal statement about the band itself. It's so funny how he's always listening to his Walkman with his headphones and how it's the 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 music is accompanying his psychopathy. And it's just so expertly done. The songs that they pick to go with every scene is just hysterical. I don't know if I can think of any other movie where the character has a soundtrack for himself yeah. that drives the plot. It's like... He's using music how people in everyday life yeah. use music. Yeah, like Susudio while he's having sex with the two women. Oh, God. Do you like Phil Collins? It was on Duke where uh, Phil Collins' presence became more apparent. Phil Collins' solo career seems to be more commercial and therefore more satisfying in a narrower way. Especially songs like In the Air Tonight and uh, Against All Odds. But I also think Phil Collins works best within the confines of the group than as a solo artist. And I stress the word artist. This is Susudio. A great, great song. Personal favorite. Simply Irresistible, Lady in Red. It's that, yeah, it's so good. And then my last one is Wild. Travel with her 
when you want to travel blind and you know that she will trust you for you've touched her perfect body with your mind and pretend but all my words come back to me in shades of mediocrity like emptiness and harmony I need someone to comfort me Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. She is not listening to music, but she is thinking about music because she's alone hiking a lot of the time. So she is like mentally playing a lot of songs. And so music is constantly playing throughout a lot of Simon and Garfunkel songs. um, If I could Homeward Bound, um, Suzanne, the Leonard Cohen song, devastating song, but very, very good. Uh, Tougher Than the Rest by Bruce Springsteen. It's just a really good, and they, and one of my favorites, because again, they all like go together. I very, I love a cohesive soundtrack. So they, they all feel of one piece. It's so crazy how we have no overlap on these at all. Only our first episode, we had any overlap. Yeah, that is weird, actually. Well, I guess we don't have the same taste in music. We don't, because we, because even though we have the same taste in movies and TV, we don't have the same taste in, in music. So what stands out to us in a good soundtrack is completely different. Well, the one that I thought you were going to have, I guess it's because we talked about it a little bit when we covered the movie itself, but is Twilight. have it on my longer list i just didn't pick it for it's an amazing soundtrack it really is If only every song is is incredible but if only for eyes on fire (laughs) 
I think it's one of the most perfect selections, most fitting selections mm-hmm. for a movie. Decode, please. Oh my god. <laughs> Decode. I... And supermassive black hole. My oh god. My the twilight The Twilight soundtrack is 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 insane. And Iron and Wine, of course, but we've already covered that. Yeah. My next pick is belonged on my very first list. It's Dirty Dancing. songs are on that soundtrack i don't i was so young when i saw it that so many of them are the first exposure i had to these songs so to Uh, me mm -hmm. to me almost all of these were written for the movie (laughs) i don't know how true that is it might only be one or two that Uh really were she's like the wind will be in my head for the next six months that it'll 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 be quietly in the background for the next week (laughs) How much do you miss Patrick Swayze, that sweet, sweet man? Wait, but to take us back to Twilight for just one second, do you remember the moment that you realized that that song, Never Think, was sang by Robert Pattinson? Like the song that plays when he's like sucking the venom out of her arm? Ew, I need you to say it differently. You how can't do you want say me to sucking s- the venom? How do you want me to say it? Because that's what's happening I in the scene. No, <laughs> there is no know. other way to say it. That's the only thing that's happening. <laughs> okay. No, I, I don't remember the moment because no. I was I I needed like a month to process that. It, it <laughs> I I still over and over again in my head. All I can think of is this is Robin Pattinson. And is that because you didn't expect? Yes, because to me, it doesn't sound like his voice at all, especially because when I was younger, the only thing I had ever seen him in was was the Goblet of Fire and Twilight. So his voice, his his fake American, bad American accent in Twilight sounds nothing like his singing voice because he's not pretending to have an accent when he's singing that it was so different that I didn't realize it was him at all. I don't think I realized either, but I don't remember when I I remember I was shocked. 
Still call me baby Hold on Just call me by my name Another one that we discussed recently when we did the bodyguard is waiting to exhale. which is so amazing. Of course, there's a couple of Whitney songs, Mm -hmm. which like, there's no question there, but there's also Tony Braxton and Brandy and TLC and Mary J. Blige. It's incredible. Do you know if she had a hand in that one too? Because we know she did for the bodyguard. Did she help? I don't know, but I feel like she had to have. Uh, Let's look it up. At the 1997 Grammys, it received 11 nominations, including- Including album of the year. Ele- what? Shit. And Whitney 11. won for best R&B song. Wow. Oh, yeah. Whitney worked with Babyface again because mm-hmm. they were an iconic duo and made the intentional decision to create the first all-female soundtrack to match the all-female lead oh cast. Oh, my God. Love that. That's some trivia I was not expecting. <laughs> See, I wonder why that doesn't really happen anymore. Wait, this is crazy. If I'm understanding this correctly, every one of these songs on here was written for the movie. No, that can't be true. Wait, that might be true. No, that can't be true. Holy shit, I think this is true. Do you know the song Sitting Up in My Room by Brandy? There are so many songs that are huge, huge songs that came from this. Tony Braxton, Let It Flow. Mary J. Blige.
never realized. I just always thought it was a compilation of great songs. I didn't realize these were all fucking written for the soundtrack. Yeah, that's a masterpiece. Well, it's only downhill from here. Downhill. (laughs) Downhill. My next one feels like maybe it's cheating a little bit. Okay. But it's Home Alone. best christmas soundtrack of anything that is not cheating you're right i never wow i never would think about it because i'm i was about to ask you what songs play isn't it all score but like duh the christmas songs play (laughs) i forgot that christmas songs count as songs oh my (laughs) god yeah it has every one well not every because we're missing some frank sinatra but it has the best and, songs uh, ever. Nat King Cole, but it has it has the the Drifters White Christmas, the best one of the best Christmas songs of all time. It also has the Mel Torme version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas and Carol of the Bells and Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. It's the best Christmas soundtrack. The Carol of the Bells in Home Alone is the only Carol of the Bells that I want ever to exist yes. because because the the reason that it's so good is is because it starts out with just the choir singing and then not only does the orchestra come in but then the rock instruments come in and then it goes into him like running down the street it has to all be accompanied with that that's that's the only carol of the bells that exists is the one in home alone merry christmas Merry Christmas.
Okay, so my next pick is an amazing soundtrack. But the truth is, I really just chose it because of one song. Okay. It's a very Scorsese-esque one. It has the Rolling Stones, Cream, Casey and the Sunshine Band, Leonard Skinner, and all that. Mm-hmm. But the reason I really chose it besides all those great songs is Ram Jam's Black Betty. What's the movie? Oh, it's Blow. I don't think you've seen, right? I have not. It's a great song, though. All the all of the artists you just named are great too. I mean, bands. I mean, sounds like a great soundtrack. I know that you like Penelope Cruz. You don't love her to the degree that I do. Yeah, I have like no, I have like no feelings one way or the other. But mostly because I haven't really seen that much with her in it. My two frames of reference, I think, are only I'd have to look up her IMDb, but I think I've only seen her in the worst of the Pirates of the Caribbeans and Vicky Christina. I don't think I've seen her in any other movies. Maybe if we not if, please, when <laughs> we do a crime <laughs> dramas part two, maybe you'll watch it. IMDb is telling me she's in Pi- Sex in the City too. Is she in Sex in the City too? Yeah. She is? Yeah. She Big is chatting with her at the bar. Oh, when they go, yes. When Harry drags yes, yes, out. yes, yes, yes. Other than that, nope. The positive category. And my final one, which you guys had to know was coming, is Save the Last Dance. If I ever tell you about Maxine, you only say I don't know what I know, but murder she wrote. Murder she wrote.
Oh, yes. I'm actually surprised this hasn't come up on parts one or two, honestly. Me too. Yeah, this was, you actually took like a whole end of one of our episodes to talk about the soundtrack of Save the Last Yeah, Dance. and then we asked on stories a while back if somebody knew, because we couldn't remember what episode it yeah. was. Yeah. And I think it was... Uh... It was like 2000s teen movies or something, right? Or one of the... So what? what's... Remind me what, what what's on the soundtrack of that? I feel like you probably won't know any of the songs because for, for two reasons. One, it's very specific to its time period, which is a little... I mean, you were alive, but you were young. Yeah. But also because you're not a hip-hop or R&B This is person. my blind spot of music. Yeah. So it's like Biggie, Ice Cube, Q-Tip, mm. Casey and JoJo... There's a pink song. Maybe you know that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just, I think, besides the fact that obviously these are all great artists, I think what really makes me love it is just how, because a lot of it is so specific to that time, Mm -hmm. it really brings me right, right back there. Oh, I love that. I guess that's it. I don't know. That's it forever. Bye. (laughs) Oh, just so you guys know, we're quoting the podcast. Yeah, podcast is over. I hope you enjoyed the final episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so upsetting to even joke about. All right. If you enjoyed this episode, fucking (laughs) share with somebody you think might like it too, I guess. Share with everybody you know. Why not? Also, follow us on Instagram. We're tickets, please. What are we on Instagram? Are we tickets, please? You guys pod? Listen. Are we tickets, please? Pod? I don't even know our handle. I'm on there every day. I don't know our handle. <laughs> and follow us on Instagram. We're tickets, please pod. And leave us a five star review on Apple and on Spotify. And anywhere else. I mean, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Stitcher's no longer in business, but if you find us on there, go ahead. <laughs> Till next time. Bye.